Hey, wheel of fortune. <laughs> this guy's so stupid. It's Count Rushmore. <laughs> you know, you should really go on this show. And by the way, there is no Count Rushmore. Yeah, then, then who's the guy that painted the faces on the mountain? <laughs> Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with... James Prophet. And I have a very important announcement to make on behalf of the Pull Apart Podcast. Based on a recent tweet, I'd like to say that Linda Hogan, like Hulk Hogan... <laughs> Will no longer be welcome on the Pull Apart Podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. Can we all pick somebody that's not? That's Thank not you. Welcome? Thank you. Yeah, let's let's do that. I like it. No, no, no. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. That was good. That was a good thing I just did. Thank you. All right. So, Thank you, James. Next feud that we planned, James. <laughs> James Prophet versus Tony Khan's Twitter account. <laughs> oh, wrestling jokes! Or <laughs> Will it be Linda and Hulk Hogan versus like just general decency and? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. I'm James Prophet. I'm Bill. Hey, hello. I'm Hi, Josh. Nick. Ah, why? <laughs> and this is Joe. This is the worst introduction ever. I think it's good. I think I think it represents a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, anyway, so we <laughs> are done with music for a little while. This episode, you guys actually thought of this after I signed off last time. So does anybody, whose idea was it for the Mount Rushmore? It was actually mine. We probably should have, as I realized later, kind of more defined it. But I had heard it. I think Josh and James see it a lot with wrestling. I see it, I don't even remember, maybe comic books. But it's just a way to say, in my view, it's like kind of half foundational to you, um, half like just generic favorites. I don't think that anybody, correct me if I'm wrong, did like foundation to just horror movies in general, right? Like it's not like I'm picking Frankenstein and Dracula and like the four fundamental horror movies from back in the day does that make any no. sense whatsoever okay. no yeah that makes sense yeah i just went by my favorites yeah because there's the there's you know i think there's definitely a difference between your favorites and this is what i was kind of bouncing back and forth between like your favorites and then what would be quote unquote the correct answers like you know for my my top four for horror movies it's not necessarily the top what i would consider to be the most influential horror movies of all time uh because that would be mostly those classic movies that's kicked everything off but when i was thinking about like a a a subgenre of horror you know the ones that appealed to me which ones do i think are the best of that category 
and kind of falls in line with like, okay, that one's also my favorite, you know, so it's kind of an easy choice that way. But yeah, not necessarily like what the textbook would say, so to speak, of like what's the best, but what we consider is the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that because I I like that idea, at least for horror. I'm sure it's going to depend on different categories. But horror has so many like subcategories that I kind of went with my what are my four favorite types of horror and yeah. I picked my favorite of those four. Generally oh, nice. speaking, yeah. I, I kind of superseded <laughs> my own idea there a couple times. But anyway. Well, it'll be a good list or a interesting listen <laughs> because I definitely did like the most representative of whatever it was. So we're doing three different things. We're doing horror movies, action movie scenes, and then best duos from TV. Movies or, or TV. Yeah. So, but it's whatever. James, what did you think? So, approaching the list, kind of like has already been said, there is sort of that debate between what is the best and what do you personally like? And so I did what it sounds like everyone else did too. I kind of just went with what I personally prefer. You know, there's six billion plus people in the world, but there's only one me. So if they put something together that appeals to me, I figured like, okay, it has some value. So for the one random person that would list these as the top four, it deserves that recognition from that one random person. Cool. Nice. Which one do you guys want to start with? Anybody? Oh, it's tough. Let's do duos first. I was going to say that. Yeah. Any objections? Funny the twins no. would pick duos. Oh, <coughs> Minus Josh and Joe, <laughs> the Property Brothers, Mary Kate and <laughs> <Ashley> Olsen, <laughs> and Bill's kids. Oh, oh. Not Arnold and Danny DeVito? What about the two kids from The Good Son? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, that's a spoiler for my favorite horror movies. <laughs> Wasn't Elijah Wood in that movie? Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. And Macaulay Culkin. I, I remembered him, but I forgot Elijah Wood was in there. That's crazy. How many of you guys did like romantic duos as any of your zillions? No. Well, actually, I, I did had, not. I had one quasi. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, funny. It's funny you should say that because that that wasn't even a consideration when, <laughs> when I was putting putting my list together. Like that did not enter into my calculations of this at all Ross and Rachel. which is yeah which is kind of funny i will say that i didn't think of that ahead of time but now looking at my list depending upon your interpretation of these movies or tv shows uh sure why not yeah i was just curious so i, I remember being in church one week and the message was about friendship and in particular it was about male friendship one of the facts that they gave were that in the times when the Old Testament was written, some of the some of the books, there were generally three kinds of love, and one was agape love, which is like the love God has for people. One was uh, eros love, which is kind of a romantic love between a man and a woman, and the third one I can't remember the name of, but essentially it was a brotherly love. And of the three, it was at the time apparently considered that brotherly love was the sort of love that people felt most deeply. And so I don't know if it's because we're a bunch of guys, but I know Milas, it's all male friendship. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah, I struggled with this list. I went through several names and crossed them out and started over. So, yeah, that is interesting to see how it it kind of works out as a, a Rorschach. Like, what do you think about duos when you when you go with that? Because some of mine are not necessarily uh, friendly duos. They're antagonistic to each other. Yeah, I uh, Yeah. <clears throat> All right, who wants to go first? So Does how are we going to do this? Have... Do we do we want to do like full list, like one, two, three, four, or do we want to rotate like our fourth pick and everybody says third pick and so forth? Oh, that's good. I like that idea. I like. I that. mean, I, I necessarily didn't put mine in any sort of yeah. order, but I guess now that I look at it, I kind of did put it in an order. So would everybody yeah. be able to actually rank them when they no. like? Okay. I know. So I, I've got mine ranked, but I mean, we don't have to do it that way. Yeah. I ranked. bring it up that you have yours ranked and read it like that. Yeah. Well, I, well I'm going to, James. Okay. All right. Just Nick, watch me. Nick, why don't you <laughs> Or wait, does anybody remember the order that we did for Star Wars? Uh, well, uh, according to my notes, it was Josh, Joe, Bill, Nick, me. Yeah, that was it. Oh, man. Yeah, but Bill's going to skip Joe that. and go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> It's true. He thinks we're the same person. Well, you guys yes. were conjoined for so long, and you can't really fault me on it. So, I'll, so this is Josh. My number four is Riggs and Murtaugh from the Lethal Weapon series. That's Excellent. nice. So I, I did not rank them, but one of mine is Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starling. Ooh, man, that's Actually, good. That's good. If one. I did rank them, that'd probably be number one. Yeah. Nice. All right, Bill, you want to go next? Yeah, I, I I did not have a ranking to this, but there is one that I is a, a hard number one, so I'm going to leave that one for my last one. So, um, I picked <clears throat> Michael Sullivan and his son from Road to Partition. Oh, nice! And then is it me or you, James? It's you. Okay. So, um, my number four is Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy from Thirty Rock. Oh, oh nice. Dude, I'm, good I'll, ju- I'll just jump in. That's what I put as my number one. Excellent. Yeah. So much love. And Riggs <laughs> and Murtaugh were like honorable mentions on mine. Yeah. So my number four, I didn't really do an order, but I'll start out with the Front Point Partners team led by Mark Baum and their association with Jared Bennett, Bennett in The Big Short. Oh, Nice. All right, James, my number three, I think I'm taking your number one and probably other people's, um, is J.D. and Turk from Scrubs. Holy oh, shit, how did I not pick that? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. So, just, I, I know I'm jumping line here. I'm not going to say mine, but I kind of I did mine <laughs> late last night. So, I will go ahead and say that sleep, or lack thereof, is the reason why that was not picked. Don't lie, Nick. We all know you hate that show. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your filthy mouth. Joseph, what's your number three? So I'm not doing numbers again, but... Because um, he's edgy like that. No, I just, it's another whole I won't type conform of list. to your system. No, it's just another whole type of list to me, and I don't... That's not what I was going for. Um, but I picked Jesse and Walt from Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, nice. That's your number three. <laughs> my number four time with number four <laughs> alright Bill how about you <clears throat> alright so my 
I guess number three, not numbered, but numbered, is uh, Lieutenant Ripley and Newt from Aliens. Yeah. My number three then would be Finn and Poe Dameron from um, Star Wars. Okay. All right, so my number three, I'm going to kind of cheat here. I had six. I kind of narrowed it down to JD and Turk would have been one, but because they're already going to get talked about, I'm not going to include them. So I'm going to go Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday from Houston. Excellent. That's so good. I don't want to go. I've got got my number two, but I want to make sure everybody's represented. All right, my my real number two that I put. We can do honorable mentions. Yeah. My number two, my number two that I put down was Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Oh, nice! All right, Joe. Um, Joe. So Will Hunting and Sean. That was not Will Hunting. Awesome. Awesome. Good. All right. Uh, Number two here is Ed and Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Damn it, Bill! I will go ahead and say that that was my number one. There you go. (laughs) My number two, however. Um, and I will go ahead and say that I cheated on this one, was Sherlock and Watson, either from the BBC series or from the Robert Downey Jr. movies. Yeah, I'm partial to the RDJ movies. Ugh. So, But Cumberbatch oh, is pretty badass as well. Yeah. All right, for number two, I will go with Danny Ocean and Rusty from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, boner. Nice. <laughs> well done. My number one is Jules and Vincent from Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Joseph? So mine is not that. I, I kind of tried to stay away from the classics for whatever reason. And to me, oh that is a shame. So, so Pulp Fiction and Dumb and Dumber were the easy ones for me and Josh. I, I don't know why I didn't really pick them, but it doesn't matter. I actually am going to throw a curveball. I have a different Hannibal. And Will Graham from the TV show. Oh, nice. Right. My my number one was Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon. Very good. And as I said, my number one is Sean and Ed from Shaun of the Dead. Awesome. Beautiful. All right, my number one is Alan Shore and Denny Crane from Boston Legal. Oh, Hell cool. yes, you did. That's awesome. Hell yeah, I did. Great list, fellas. So I think. All right, so let go for it, James. No, I was gonna say let's talk about some of these. I got everybody's down. You guys up for it? Sure. Yeah. So before we do honor honorable mentions, obviously I said I had JD and Turk, uh, but I didn't include them because they were already mentioned by Josh. But they could have been my number one had we done these in order. Also from Parks and Recreation. I'm just brain farting on the names right now, but Leslie and Ron. Actually, they're great too. I was actually thinking Leslie and Ben, but Leslie and Ron. Oh are awesome wow! Too. Yeah, yeah. Cones of Dunshire. Oh, or even so good. <laughs> yeah. and, um, April. April Ludgate. Yeah, one of the my honorable mentions. I had um, pre- the Predator in Dutch from the Predator movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh, and then I had R2-D2 and C-3PO. Um, and then another one that almost got on the list was P.B. Herman and his bike. Awesome. <laughs> By the way, who is Dutch in the Predator movie? Which character is he, That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right. Yep. Who's the other one? Is it Dylan? 
Yeah, oh, all right. Because like, you know, that wise is like, like Dylan, you son of a bitch. And yeah, that, that's where the high five comes in. Yep, Dutch yeah. and Dylan. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Ah, oh, so good. So, okay. so, so I will say that. Of, I'll go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna say my only honorable mention was the Titanic and the iceberg. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeez. I have Jason Biggs and the pie. Is that weird? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if it's 1999, no, the answer is no. I had a ton of honorable mentions. One, I'm going to make a lot of people mad. I think that they didn't think of it, or maybe you guys did. Troy and Abed in the morning. <gasps> oh my goodness. How did Who? I not think of that? Community. Bill, it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. You got to watch some community, man. We really appreciate you doing this. Oh, sure. And three, two, one. Troy and I've been in the morning and we're back. Look who's here, Jeff Winger. Jeff, how do you stay so fit? Uh, diet, exercise, genetics. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so it seems as though we have a clip. You want to set it up for us? Uh, I'd like to, but I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we'll just roll it. Ooh, my name's Jeff Winger. Ooh, yeah. Hey, I'm Jeff Winger. I'm so tall. Ah, this watch is expensive. Muscles are everywhere. Oh, that was really funny. Guys, what's going on? Where are the cameras? Oh, we're not filming this. No, who'd want to watch this? Oh, guys, it's 6 a.m. Jeez. We're not going to have him back. Troy and Abed in no! the My favorite duo of the moment is another Dan Harmon creation. I'm obsessed with Rick and Morty, but I, I haven't seen enough of it yet to really quite put it on my Mount Rushmore. But that show is freaking hilarious. Anything else? Anyway, so I had a lot. I had... Sherlock and Watson from the BBC. I might, I might as well just kind of talk about some of my stuff. Sherlock and Watson to me is similar to Jess and Walt, similar to um, Peggy and Don from Mad Men. I like relationships where they, they don't always get along. It kind of kills me, especially with something like Jesse and Walt. I was the guy wanting them to be best friends up until like the last episode when it very clearly was way far. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, what happened? Similar to that, like I get so. Ma- I don't know how many people have watched the Sherlock, the BBC, but it's one of the best things on ever on television. Nick knows. He's not wrong. But. The way it's 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 like real life. Like you have these friends. I have this friend from work that we definitely don't always get along. We have like some real personality differences, but that almost makes them stronger uh, friendships because you get if you can get through those. And Sherlock and Watson to me, the the Benedict version is so much that. Like it's actually really similar. There's a similar vibe, James, to the Doc Holiday thing where. He has that great line where she says, like, well, you have everybody's got lots of friends or whatever I'm butchering. And he's like, I don't. It's kind of like that. Like, yes. Sherlock has no friends. And so Watson means a lot to him. But he also hurts him because he does, he's never been a friend to anybody. So he doesn't know how to do it well. Th- those relationships always kind of fascinate me. Um, so the Hannibal thing to me is a similar vein where, where they obviously are not friend friends. But... And I can totally see how somebody like Josh probably or, or anybody might kind of hate this. Like, she's friends with a serial killer. But there's something about that movie, the way it's it's acted is so well done, where they're connected in a way that they kind of get each other. 
in in like an odd sort of way that their regular quote unquote personal circle of people would not really get each other. Um, a mutual admiration. Yeah, and just like such a deep knowledge of each other's kind of headspace. I mean, obviously the the title Silence of the Lambs that seems probably my favorite scene in movie history. I didn't get more than a few miles in the sheriff's car, big man. Rancher was so angry he sent me to live at the Lutheran Orphanage in Postman. I never saw the ranch again. What became of your lamb, Glory? I killed him. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark and hear the screaming of the lamb. Do you think if you save poor Catherine, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Catherine lives, you won't wake up in the dark ever again to that awful screaming of the lamb? I don't know. I don't know. Thank you. Uh, I was really worried that Hannibal the show would be like a lot of the, the shitty like shows that come out like I'm thinking about Elementary, which was a crappy version of Sherlock, or Lucifer, which is a crappy version of an amazing comic. And it turned out that it was absolutely amazing, and I I freaking love that show. It got canceled, so um, not enough people watched it, but he had a very similar relationship with Will Graham in the show, and I don't think that anybody thought Hannibal could be played by anybody other than Anthony Hopkins, but... Um, Mads Michelson, if I'm saying that right, does an amazing portrayal of him. Anybody that likes the character Hannibal or thinks that they might be interested in that show, please check it out. It's pretty sure it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'll shut up. So this is Josh. I'll just run real fast through my honorable mentions because I had a lot to. You mentioned Scully and Mulder, um, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. Um, I had Han and Chewie from Star Wars as an honorable mention. Nice. Uh, Oh, that's a good one. Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Jack and Locke. Shout out to Jess. Uh, hey! Off. It's not real. Look, you want to push the button, you do it yourself. If it's not real, then what are you doing here, Jack? Why did you come back? Why do you find it so hard to believe? Why do you find it so easy? It's never been easy! Uh, that really should have been my number one, but, you know, whatever. And then another one that should have been my number one is Corey and Sean from Boy Meets World. Very no. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and Slater saved by the bell. Right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we spent more time. Does, actually, does anybody else have honorable mentions? So I don't really have any honorable mentions, but I kind of joked earlier that um, there could be a romantic element to all of mine. And looking at my list, um, just either in, like, a very like joking way or actual some people theorizing each one of these pairings has had some kind of romantic aspect added to it. Um, Sean and Ed was more of a jokey way, of course, but like Sherlock and Watson, people had theorized, you know, were they gay? Uh, Finn and Poe, that was like a big shipping thing. And then like Liz and Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock, that was um, like the whole, like throughout the series, there were people kind of wondering, you know, were they going to pull the trigger on getting them together? And they even teased it a few times in the series just to poke fun at it. So I think that that's yeah. always real good when you have a really close relationship that's so close 
that people are expecting. Oh, they're going to get together, or oh, they're going to pull the pull like pull the 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 two leads into a relationship, and they don't do it. So I actually prefer that to making them get together. Yeah, we just finished watching all of Thirty Rock again, and I I love that show so much, and it does not I feel get the love that it deserves because it's amazing. And I can't remember which season it was, but there was like the last episode of that season was I think it was Margaret Cho who played Kim Jong Un, like like oh my gosh. about like what's going to happen next season and like make like breaking the fourth wall, like you know, are is Liz and Jack going to get together? Come on, writers, that's what America wants and everything. And then that was oh, so it, perfect, it's so good. <laughs> All right, so you guys want to actually talk about some of our picks now? Yeah. Okay, so Josh, you had Riggs and Murtaugh, JD and Turk, Woody and Buzz, and Jules and Vincent from uh, Lethal Weapon, Scrubs, the TV show, Toy Story, the series, and Pulp Fiction. So what are some of your thoughts on why you picked the four that you did? Um, so I, I did go into this list thinking of most iconic, essentially, so that's probably shaped some of my, like I said, Corey and Sean, or uh, Finn and Jake, or Scully and Walter might be on my list if I was doing more leaning on the favorite side. But I felt like my four, Jules and Vincent, Woody and Buzz, you just mentioned them, um, are more like, if you think of duos, you think of these four kind of thing. And 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 they, like, deliver as well. It's not, like, I feel like sometimes with lists, it might be just all-time most popular, but also, like, they're kind of stupid or, you know, just not as entertaining or whatever. But these four are all amazing. I mean, JD and Turk, it's like the best friendship of all time. It's like what every dude wishes he had or loves that he does have. Riggs and Murtaugh, I think, is just the most classic comedy act, buddy cop duo. Woody and Buzz is like the classic uh, frenemy, you know, kind of thing. And then Jules and Vincent are just the coolest. So. We should have shotguns with this kind of deal. How many up there? Three or four. That's counting our guy? Not you. So that means it could be up to five guys up there? It's possible. We should have fucking shotguns. Real quick, I so want to jump have... in and... Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, go, go, go. But on the on JD and Turk, if anybody that is a fan of that show and for Josh, the reasons that you said why they're a great duo, that, that the strong friendship that they have, there is actually a Scrubs we rewatch podcast right now with Donald Faison and Zach Braff, and they are seriously as good friends in real life as they are on that show. It's called Fake Doctors Real Friends and it is wonderful. Yeah, and I almost put, I mean, that one's too hard to pass up, but I also love the duo of JD and Dr. Cox, too. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm a huge Dr. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to get everybody's favorite JD and Turk moment, but since you mentioned Dr. Cox, right, I do have, just recently, I think in the last few weeks, I put together a little uh, council of wise men that I keep my by my laptop since I'm working at home so much. And it's three Funko Pops, and it's um, Ron from Parks and Rec, Dr. Cox from Scrubs, and then Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> the Brain Trust, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, so that's been making me happy recently. But so JD and Turk, yeah, I love JD and Turk. I uh, think I have a few JD and Turk friendships in my life, probably. I'm really lucky like that. And I did want to get everybody's favorite moment. Mine personally is when Turk gets married to Carla and he comes back from his honeymoon and they go to the hospital where JD's working and JD hears a car pull up from like the fifth floor and he goes like, Turk! And he runs to a window and he starts screaming Turk and Turk's five stories down and he starts screaming JD and they're squealing like girls and they start running towards each other from the fifth floor to the first floor. They keep passing each other until like three minutes later and they're yelling at each other from the roof and just they can never get to the right spot. They finally do. They run and hug. They do the eagle thing that they always do. And then Carla turns to whoever's with her and says, maybe someday he'll love me like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, love Janie and Turk. They're fan freaking tastic. Josh, since you picked them, what about you, man? Um, I I love their this is kind of random, but, you know, JD sucks at like anything athletic. Um, So I love the the guy love episode where he's playing basketball with Turk. I just love that episode. So it's just fun. And I'm a basketball nerd, so. That's probably my favorite. I don't know that Joseph has one. <laughs> one of my favorites is the uh, the part where JD gets like appendicitis or something, and Turk has to do surgery on him. And uh, when JD wakes up from surgery, he says, "I want you to be the one inside of me." When or beforehand, <laughs> and he says, "I want to be the one inside of you." So there was this whole thing of where he thought that Turk wasn't a serious surgeon and he wanted someone else to do it. And then it was an emergency and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there's a lot of innuendo between the two of them. Yes. Nick, do you know, obviously you do the musical episode that that they did of Scrubs? Uh, Yes, I do. Okay. So the central character of that episode was a guest star. She's a Broadway star. And so she said she auditioned for the part. And when they got the call, uh, or maybe they just called her up, but somebody from the show called her and said, like, hey, are you familiar with the show Scrubs? And she said, I took the call in my living room. And so I was staring right at our TV, which has the DVD tower on the side. And seasons, I think it was one, two, and three of Scrubs were right there when I took the call because me and my husband, that's our favorite show, and we watch it every night. So I just kind of calmly said, Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> and her favorite scene was, she says, her and her husband always joke about that. I want to be inside of you. Or, I want you to be the one inside of me. I want to be inside of you. Absolutely. That's like their joke, yeah. <sighs> All right, so Bill, Joe, anything on J.D. and Kurt? It's, honestly, it's been so long since I've watched any episodes Um I honestly don't think I've watched any episodes since it was on television, and I don't really remember any. So sorry to let you down on that one. All right, yeah, I, I I enjoy Scrubs quite a bit, and we watched it a little when it was on, but I just never really kept up. It is definitely one that if you just cannot think of a TV show to watch, and you've already rewatched your go-to's several times, it is well worth going back to. That and West Wing. <laughs> I will throw both of those out there as perfect go back to. That's one of Josh's shows too. Yeah. Oh, West Wing is so a, good. I wanted to put a duo from that, but I couldn't decide. The best I could come up with was Josh. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a like great cast that I felt bad like splitting them up. I, I think Josh, Josh and Sam are Josh and 
Donna would be good too. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably as close as I would come. All right, so Josh also, actually for the group, Riggs and Murtaugh, Steph and I stole this from How I Met Your Mother, but does anybody else on this podcast have or utilize the phrase the Murtaugh list? The Murtaugh list. Relationship? Absolutely. Yeah, no. I use that a lot. No. Okay, what, what does that mean, the Murtaugh list? Well, Josh, your pick, uh, man. Well, I, I'm blanking on uh, How I Met Your Mother, so I'm not. I'll do it. Go for it. So the Murtal list is when you uh, make a list of things that you are too old to do anymore. Because Murtal's famous line oh. is, "I'm too, I'm getting too old for this shit." Holy shit! You go first. I'm really too old. For no, you shit. go first. I'll cover you. Got it. So basically, Barney and Ted, who Aaron and I are currently rewatching How I Met Your Mother, by the way, and Ted is the worst. Absolutely. But anyway, <laughs> that's so. Barney and Ted are having this argument of you're never too old to do things versus you are too old to do certain things. So they make a list, Barney saying you should do all these things, and Ted saying these are things you should not do, and they see who's right. And ultimately it turns out that Ted is right, that there are things you're just too old to do. So things are like if you're over 30, you can't be sick and not go to the doctor. This buddy would go, oh, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> oh, got like it, that. yeah. Ted and Marshall's right. a good duo, too. But yeah, I, I yield my time to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, anything else you want to touch on from your list? Toy Story or Pulp Fiction? I mean, they're great. I don't know. <laughs> Woody yeah. and Buzz, I feel like the scene where Woody meets Buzz is so good. You know, he's taking over his spot, and Buzz is just so curious, thinking that he's on a different planet and all that. It's amazing. Jules and Vincent have like the most quotable freaking lines ever about Royale's with cheese and all that kind of stuff, the foot massage and all that. So um, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, but, I will like, interject that with, with Toy Story, Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2, and this doesn't really have anything to do with the duos, but those are pretty much the last Pixar movies that I'm able to watch like early on without just being utterly wrecked. Every Pixar movie since Toy Story 2, it's like their goal is to utterly destroy me. <laughs> that Secretly make adults cry. <laughs> Secretly nothing. Yeah. It's overt. Frickin yeah, I don't think it's bong, much of a man. secret anymore. Yeah. I've, I've only just in the past year been able to say the name Bing Bong without weeping. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. Oh, man. I, I, I will admit that because <laughs> of the emotional wrecking that Pixar puts me through, I'm I'm done with Pixar. I I haven't seen Toy Story four. I'm oh, I'm done. I, I love Toy Story four. This is Josh. I'm I'm a defender of Toy Story four. I'm sure it's a wonderful movie, but I just I can't put myself through that emotional trauma anymore. Dude, it's Toy Josh. Story four has best meta joke from any Pixar movie though. There's this little fork guy that becomes a toy like the kid makes a fork into a toy and he keeps trying to throw himself in the garbage because he thinks he should be garbage and the joke is that the writers thought that toy story three ended so perfectly that they kept doing this like why are we doing this why are we doing this and they embodied all that in the character of the fork oh that's amazing here 
Yeah, that's you can get all the garbage. No, it's where I belong. No. <laughs> that's awesome. That's Toy Story Brother movies like Darjeeling onward is great. Yeah, Joe, you mentioned Hannibal two different times, man. You must really love the Hannibal story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I- I'm a huge fan of any time like serial killers or true crime or any whatever you want to call it is done with like nuance instead of just. I mean, I love Michael Myers and all that slasher stuff too but if you can do it with nuance i feel like it's really hard to do and it's kind of weird like silence of the lamb set the bar for that and i feel like nobody came close for a long time or even really tried to yeah i I don't know but that's just something about like and it's not necessarily like oh you need to have empathy for serial killers like on one hand you do they're people they got fucked up and you know whatever on the other hand it's not just that it's more just like fascinating to to see like what makes them tick and how there are some things that are really similar to things that we as a culture admire like the whole psychopath test about how like most people in business and the the upper echelons of business would probably technically be classified as psychopaths so why do we emulate them or at least you know ostensibly emulate them but we demonize you know serial killers Obviously, we should demonize serial killers, but it's just the whole, there's just a million different facets of it that kind of fascinate me. And Anthony, uh, like Hannibal as a character, does it uh, really well in the story, but also Anthony Hopkins is just, he's a god in and how he does that role. Also, just really, when I was super young, that movie had a huge impact on just my fascination with that genre or that you know, part of life. Um, I just can't say. And plus, plus, I think a lot of people have this image. If you haven't watched it since you were young or maybe never watched it, you probably just have all the famous lines in your head. But I'm telling you, we Ashley and I love that movie and we watch it like once a year. And it, it's one of the best movies ever made. Like it's so perfect from scene to scene until the end. Um, can't say enough <laughs> good stuff about Silence of the Lambs. But again, super quick. Gotta watch the Hannibal show if you like Hannibal, because what they did with it was was pretty cool, too. On that, real quick, I uh, had heard recently that, of course, if you don't know, Hannibal was on for three seasons, and then it was canceled. Um, I had heard recently that since Netflix is picking up the full series, um, and I think it was supposed to be on June 5th, so today um, is when series 1, 2, and 3 uh, were going to go live. That there's a rumor out there, and Mads Mikkelsen is one that kind of stoked this rumor that Netflix may create season four. Oh, wow. Like, why not? I mean, the guy that plays Will, I don't think he's doing anything else. Maybe he's in a shitty network drama, but it's so good. I mean, it's just so – it's the Netflix model. If you take a very popular – show that was canceled and once you add the full series then why not go ahead and create more i should backtrack though because as much as i'm not like the biggest arrested development fan it did grow on me a little bit and then the season they did on netflix is utter dog shit in my opinion i would agree yeah should not have been made i've still gotten to that i i've still not seen the entire series that was on network television and uh, so I've definitely not seen the Netflix part of it, but it's it's one of those like I I want to, I've just not gotten there yet. All right, so uh, wait, did Bill? Josh just leave? 
Josh. He just texted that his computer crashed. crashed. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> I'll keep an eye open for him. Um, all right, so Bill, we'll get to some more of yours in a second, but your number one and Nick's number four were the same, Liz and Jack from Thirty Rock. So, what yeah. do you guys love about that? Oh my gosh, I I don't know. I I like I said, I this may be controversial, but you know, I I would say like the big three or whatever would be like The Office, Parks and Rec, and Thirty Rock. And I feel Dude, like I'm on board 30, with all those. They're all great. Yeah, and they are all amazing, and I love them all. But if I had to pick from the three, I got to go with 30 Rock. Like, 30 Rock, just, for one, I have a deep love for uh, Tina Fey. She's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, she can do no wrong. And just, like, I don't know. I just love the dynamic between the two of them. And that Alec Baldwin is just perfect in his betrayal of the hard-ass CEO who, like, wants to be, like, the top and doesn't care how he gets there. And then, you know, they even make fun of it later on in the show that he accuses Liz Lemon of making him soft and he used to be a shark and now he's not anymore. And now, you know, he's just, like, freaking, you know, dealing with Cable Town when it used to be GE and everything. And and it's it's just amazing. Like, the his phrase of good God Lemon... Like I found a YouTube clip that was just like all of his That's good so god good. lemons, all yep. in, all in one thing. Good god lemon, your breath. When did you find time to eat a diaper that you found on the beach? And it's just freaking amazing. Like I just love it so much. And I was watching a thing. James, what's that movie where he gives a monologue? The oh, uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Yes. So I love him in that movie even though I've never seen the movie, but I've watched that clip of him in his speech probably more than I should, but I freaking love it. But I love that he is basically channeling that character in a sitcom uh, with Liz Lemon. It's, it's freaking amazing. And I was watching a YouTube clip where he was breaking down his favorite roles that he, he played in everything. And it was cool. Cause he was saying that he was really nervous before like when he when he accepted that he would be on 30 Rock and he kind of made a deal that he would be on there for basically as long as he felt comfortable because he was really intimidated by being on a show with a bunch of comedians, especially Tina Fey, because he said it's like they're so funny. There's no way I could keep up with them. So he was really intimidated by it. But then he said that, you know, he just loved every second of it. And he said when they were done filming the last episode, how he just could not stop crying. And he said, you know, when they see each other now, like, you know, people that they were on the show with and everything, they just kind of have this unspoken agreement, like this mutual understanding that like they will never have it as good as they did it uh, as they did on that show. Uh, And that just makes me love it even more that even behind the scenes, they were having a great time and just, you know, they loved working with each other. So, yeah. Love it. And they right, they Nick, really did you? play with the the idea of Liz and Jack getting together. Like they, they I mean that show, if you've not watched that show, it was really good with meta humor. So they knew that the fans had been saying all along, you know, are Liz and Jack gonna get together? When are they getting together? So they would reference that and they would make jokes about that. And there I think there was like there was one episode where or several, or a few different episodes actually, where it 
like Jack would ask Liz out to dinner or he went to her high school reunion with her and like she would think it was like a date or something and it, it wasn't. So and then he would, well, she would make fun of it. it. Yeah. yeah, she would yeah. make fun of it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it, it, it's kind of one of those things where like they take what the expectation is that a male and female friendship can't be anything but a romantic relationship and they say no i mean it can be an actual friendship i mean who amongst us i I know like james you and i've had this conversation before that like post-college the expectation was that especially when you got married you couldn't have female friendships that were serious close friendships because the like the cultural norm is that it becomes romantic beyond that i mean they were just like, you know what? Fuck that. No, guys and girls can be friends. It doesn't have to be about sex. And bet- with them, it wasn't. It never was. There was never any attraction between the two of them. It was just they were that close, and that's what made it awesome. I thought it was because she wasn't hot. Oh, you shut your son of a bitch. mouth. <laughs> so, super quick on Tina Fey. Bill, you were talking about how she can do no wrong. If you... Uh, if you haven't already listened to her audiobook, it's pretty good. Bossy uh, pants to hear her do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, I I, I have and I freaking love it. It's so. Uh, Bill has pimped that book to me so many times. <laughs> I have read that book, and James, I will pimp that to you as well if you haven't read it already. Well, I but I've also it. heard I've also heard that the audiobook is even, and I've not I've not heard the audiobook. Honestly, I've never done an audiobook, but. <sighs> If like what? I've heard that if you're gonna listen to an audiobook, that's the one to listen to because it's her and she's doing it in her own voice. And since she knows comedy, she knows exactly yep. how to play each line. So well, and I, what's I, what makes what makes Thirty Rock even more amazing after listening to her audiobook? How much of that show was actually just taken from real life with her working on Saturday Night Live? That's amazing. Uh, yeah, like there's there's a gag in the show where one of the writers keeps jars of urine in his office. That is based off of reality. There was a writer on SNL when she was when she was a cast member who kept jars of his own urine in his office. And I'm like, this makes the show even better knowing that That's it's crazy. Almost That's entirely so based off of reality. The sun tea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I love just and I just I don't know I don't want to get off track and talk about the show but like Good. the fact that they just openly make fun of NBC the entire time is amazing. Yes, I I, I just love like you know when there's a a storyline where Jack is trying to like tank the network by proposing all these really terrible shows. Like one of them is called God Cop, where God is a police officer. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and and Tina, you know, Tina Fey's character was Lemon. She's like, wait, so how long has this been going on for years? And he's like, no, I just started like a week ago, like making fun of like NBC programming for years has been so terrible that it seems like they were trying to tank the network, you know. So I love that they made fun of made fun of themselves. You know, great, great show. All right. So you also had Road to Perdition, um, Ripley and Newt from Aliens. Um and again, Bill, you and Nick both had Shaun of the Dead. You guys want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this: like, it's just the perfect, like, best friend 
mm-hmm. duo, I think, um, especially in such an amazing movie. Um, and it's also, yeah, and I think it's also that kind of, you know, it, it kind of speaks to that whole tension of like, you're best friends of somebody, but then if one of you move, uh, I hate saying this, but like moves further in life in some way or another and the other person doesn't, you know, so like yeah. Sean's girlfriend, I can't remember her name now. What was it? Was it Liz uh, or I think I it was. Our, yeah, it was Liz. Yeah, I'm bra- So like there's that whole tension of like making him choose. And mm-hmm. then in one way or another, like we've all been in that spot in one form or another, like I said, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like it's all tongue in cheek. It's all funny, but it's kind of yeah. also kind of like, OK, so I'm the one who's working. I'm trying to be responsible and you're just playing video games on the couch mm-hmm. all day. You know that, yeah. you know, whereas before Sean was doing the same thing just a few days, you know, or a few weeks before. So, and then, you know, they were best friends enough to where Sean wanted to keep him in a shed all chained up so they could still play games and stuff. It was great. But, so I mean, that is, and most best friend stories like JD and Turk even, but like more specifically Sean and Ed, most best friend stories are good and even great if they're not just like, oh, we're best friends, he can do no wrong or she can do no wrong. Like, there's tension there, like Bill said. There's there's the difference in of stages in life, I guess you could say, or mature yeah, level between Sean and Ed. But, I mean, there's also just like, like freaking when they're trying to break into the Winchester and Ed's on the phone with his pot dealer. So there's a difference in seriousness there. It's you're when you have a real best friend, you're not going to be like perfect buddies all the time. There's gonna be tension. And the fact that they survived that, even I mean, yes, I know that Ed turns dies and turns into a zombie at the end. But I mean, even beyond that, they survived as best friends. It's I mean, there's there's so many good best friend stories out there, and I would honestly put this in my top three if not my best ever so nick i really loved how you talked about they each sort of did you say that uh they're sort of trying to make the other one a better person well i yeah i didn't say that but yeah they essentially (laughs) they i I guess they are because sean is trying to pull ed up out of like his like laissez-faire attitude about everything even into the apocalypse and ed is trying to make sean realize that you know what like you don't have to be serious all the time you're not having to impress liz all the time especially after they've broken up it's like look stop trying to i mean fuck her like enjoy your life so it's it's a good representation of like when you have two different mindsets Neither is 100% correct. Awesome. It, so one of my honorables that I didn't go with, and I don't think anybody on this podcast would really like it, but uh, the Ron and Jerry friendship and Jerry Maguire, I really like. And oh, yeah. yeah, okay. The best part of that is they have this huge argument and Jerry's side is you are giving a shit effort in your work. And that's a huge part of your life. And, Rod's side is you're giving a shit effort with your family and that's a way more important part of your life and they just yell at each other cuss each other off out storm off 
And then at the end, like, without really making up, they just kind of go to the same place because they're friends. And when they both get there, they're just so glad to see the other one kind of standing by each other. It's sort of awkward. And Rogers goes, I'm glad you came. And Jerry, at this point, his wife just told him that she wants to leave. And he doesn't have any friends. That was a big thing in the movie. And Jerry just goes, I missed you. What can I say? You're all I got. And that's sort of this cool thing, right? Friends sometimes do have to call each other out on their shit. And um, I, I'm very appreciative to uh, some of the people on this podcast that have called me out on mine before. Um, yeah, I like that. I like seeing that represented in things. And I, I don't know, just what you said about Ed and Sean of Shaun of the Dead made me think of that. Well, that's that's a, a good like representation, at least of like male close male friendships is that you don't when there's conflict, a really good male friendship, you don't have to be specific. It's you know, you understand each other so well that you don't have to go and apologize for every little piece of what happened. It's just, hey, you know, my bad. I got you. We're good. That I, I think that like a lot of times that comes off as like emotionally immature, but in my mind that's more emotionally mature because you understand each other so well. You're understanding the words that aren't being said, and I mean we're getting a really in depth about like like good male friendships in reference at least on my end and Bill's end to Shaun of the Dead, which. In most parts, it was a really dumb movie, but so effing good. But it had elements of that to it, and that's what made Sean and Ed's friendship so good, was that even though there was conflict, they could make up so easily without being so specific. Yeah, well yeah. said, that's good. All right, so Bill, before we go to the other parts of Nick's list, you also had Road of Perdition <coughs> and Aliens. Anything you want to talk about there? Um, I... I'll just kind of talk about Road to Perdition with Michael Sullivan and his son. So I was actually watching that movie a couple nights ago, and I had forgotten just how much I loved that movie and how there's there's really nothing wrong about that movie, in my opinion. I mean, just the way it's shot and the way they're, they've done things. And <clears throat> I don't know, I think... It's something that resonates, you know, it's just that you're a parent and you're trying to do the best you can. You know, in his case, he's a mafia hitman who's trying to, like, shield his family from that as much as possible. And then everything just goes to hell and he's got to, you know, pick up the pieces of it. And it's that whole, you know, and like at the end, you know, I don't want to, you know, give it away. But like, it's the son narrating about what was going on and just like... You know, people ask my ask if my if my father was a you know, if Michael Sullivan was a good or a good or a bad man, I just respond. He was my father. And I'm like, that's at the end of the day, that's what you can say. Like, you know, everybody's going to you know have their list of like, you know, my dad did this really well or my dad didn't do this really well. But this is kind of like, you know, it resonated that, you know, you're trying your best and you're going to make mistakes. And at the end, he was just, it was just your father. Like, that's that's what you can say. So. Yeah, I thought it was great. And this is a little bit off topic, but th- I'm, I'm sure there's some, another example of this, but this is like the main example of Tom Hanks taking a role that's not the good guy, and how freaking good was he in this role? Yeah. It, I, but but, in, but I love in the this midst, movie so much. 
but in the midst of everything, he still was the good guy. Yeah. Even absolutely. even though he was the hitman, like even within absolutely. that world of terrible people, he was still the best of them. But if you're yeah. writing a a like 1940s, 1930s mob movie and you want a hitman as the main character, who in their fucking mind would have chose Tom Hanks? But it was so good. Yeah. All right, Nick. Um, we haven't talked Finn and Poe or Sherlock and Watson. Do you want to talk about either of those? So, yes. The, and these are, the, it's actually good that you mentioned these two because these are two that get a lot of, I, I hate the word shipping, but like even just joking, kind of like, oh, you know, there's a romantic element there, like they're gay or whatever. And you know what? If they were, that'd be fine. Who cares? But I think that the the relationship between Sherlock and Watson was so close and so contentious. And the relationship between Finn and Poe was so much of mutual admiration that Well, yes, yes, fine, whatever. Um, it's, it's one of those things that when you have, it's, it's odd to me that there's, I can't think of an equivalent within female relationships in like movies and TV where there are two females that are so close is such good friends that I was like, Oh, uh, bridesmaids. Really? Yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, but no, there I don't know that there was there wasn't like people saying, oh, you know, I bet these two characters are gay, that they're going to reveal later that they're in love with each other. Like, I I don't understand that. Like, these are just really close friends. And you know what? If they were gay, that's fine. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, why is it that when you have two guys that are like so close and such good friends that there's a suspicion that, you know, they're probably going to reveal that one or both of them are gay later. And these are two really good examples of that because there was so much love between Finn and Poe, so much love between Sherlock and Watson, even though they butted heads so much that people were like, you know, they're probably going to do it. So I, it's, I don't know. It's, I would say it's frustrating. It's not, it's, it's refreshing that they're, relationships are so tight and so interwoven that people suspect that but it's just they're really good friends that's all it is Ugh, why don't you two just elope for god's sake impertinent offensive actually would you mind not at all that's awesome Okay. And I will admit that Aaron has asked me before that if I went gay, would it be Bill that I would leave her for? And I've told her yes. <laughs> well, who would? Mine would be. There's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history, man. <laughs> you guys have already shared rooms and everything. <sighs> right. I will say that Bill is the Are only you? person out of the five of us, or the, yeah, the all of us here that I've kissed. So. Fuck you guys. In, in the night swim in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, gosh. The, yeah. That was the most romantic night of my life, and it wasn't with my wife. <laughs> night <Yeah>. swimming deserves <laughs> a quiet night. <laughs> All right. So, my stuff real quick. Uh, big short. So, the 
Gosh, I guess I mentioned a group there, but if I can narrow it down to two, it'd be Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling's characters. So Steve Carell heads this firm, and they kind of hate, and they're all investors. So Steve Carell kind of hates the investing world because he doesn't trust the people in it. He thinks they put money above people. And Ryan Gosling kind of hates everybody in the investing world as well because he thinks he's hot crap and he thinks that he's better than everybody. And so they find themselves as unlikely allies, and they both can't stand each other. They keep annoying each other, but they have to stick together because, again, if one wins, they both win. And it's just sort of this neat dynamic where Ryan Gosling's really trying to get rich, and Steve Carell just sort of wants to see the banks fail hard because he thinks they've screwed people over for years. Uh, so I, I just love the dynamics of that relationship. Wider Doc Holliday, Joe, you hit my favorite line there where the old guy, Sam Elliott, says to Doc Holliday, you know, why are you out here? Doc Holliday at the time is sick in the movie. He is going towards dying, but he's joined this posse. Wider is put together to um, kill the cowboys that are kind of roughing up the town and killing people. And Doc Holliday just says, Wyatt Earp is my friend. And Sam Elliott goes, hell, I got a lot of friends. And Doc Holliday just kind of says, I don't. And that's it. That's his reason. You got your friend and... Doc, sort of being dead. What the hell are you doing this for anyway? Wyatt Earp is my friend. Hell, I got lots of friends. I don't. My maybe my favorite verse in the Bible is a friend loves through all things and a brother was made for times of adversity. And so that friendship really has that where Doc Holliday just shows up. And at the end where Wyatt Earp gets challenged to a duel with a guy that can beat him, Doc Holliday shows up to it 15 minutes early to be the one to fight the guy and kills him so he can't hurt his friend. Love that. And... Lastly, Alan and Denny on Boston Illegal. Um, Nick, you might be the only person here who has seen that. So do you have any thoughts on Alan and Denny? Oh, man. Um, I, I do know that, like, of of any, any that show that, James, you and I reference, movie, show, whatever, I would say that... And I don't even know really why. I, I mean, we could probably examine this more, but this show is more representative of our relationship. At least we reference it the most. Because, I mean, you have two stellar actors in roles that you kind of wouldn't really expect them to be in. I mean, um, I'm blanking on his name. The guy that plays Alan Shore you would kind of expect him a little bit more in that role, but James Spader, James Spader. Yes. Thank you. Took me a minute. Yeah. William Shatner. I mean, when I saw that he was going to be on a show that was a spinoff of Boston legal or not Boston legal, but uh, what was it? The practice. Practice. Yeah. I was like, why is, why is William Shatner going to be on a, a lawyer show? That makes no sense to me. But the character he played was just so good, and the relationship between him and James Spader almost being like a mentor-mentee kind of thing, but yet they're both so damaged. And, and 
and they're making each other better. Yes, Yes. absolutely. It's like, why do they? So, yeah, maybe when we explain it further, yeah, maybe that's not representative of our relationship, but we we reference it so much. And I know, at least for me, just the 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 thing of them just sitting out on a balcony sharing like cigars and like a like a bourbon or a brandy or whatever they were drinking like and looking up at the sky that that's where i find my peace and solace is just sitting outside and on a side note i actually had the thought when i went outside earlier that the weather was so nice and aaron wasn't here so i could have gone out and laid in my hammock and smoked a cigar and drank a bourbon and just looked up at the stars but i love you guys so much that i'm here instead so <laughs> thank you nick that is that is um Denny, Denny Crane and Allen wrapped up into a small summation. <clears throat> yes. So, Boston Legal. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I saw a few episodes of Boston Legal because I was a diehard practice fan. And I um, love Bobby and Lindsay as a possible duo and Bobby and Eugene. But I didn't keep watching Boston Legal mostly just because of just time. Like, stuff got away from me or whatever. But I'm sure if it's David E. Kelly, it's awesome. Am I right? It, Absolutely, awesome. yeah. One of the dynamics of the Allen and Denny friendship is that Denny is kind of a right-wing Republican and Allen is very left-wing Democrat. But they're, again, they're both in the legal system. Denny used to be maybe the greatest lawyer in the city. Well, and he's, I mean, <laughs> he's really faded and he sort of just gets by on his reputation and goofy tricks. And Allen kind of get spy on goofy tricks anyway and they both don't have a lot of respect for the other people that they practice law with so they really find themselves kind of bonded together against everybody else and nick i will say you said this might be the best representation of our friendship the whole smoking cigar smoking a cigar and drinking bourbon when we live together nick and i've lived together uh two or three different times that is something nick would do uh Multiple nights a week, just kind of sit outside and enjoy a cigar, which was I always thought was super cool. Well, James yeah. was making out with girls, which is really weird. <sighs> <laughs> I was jealous, okay? Jealous. I, I will and, say that there there was at least one night, though, James, that like you were out there with me. Maybe not per- at least so one, much participating yeah. with the cigar, but you had your glass of wine. And so yeah. that was our Denny and Allen moment. That was we have I mean, to have more yeah. than one of those under our belt, I'd think. Oh yeah, yeah. But I will say my favorite Facebook post every year that comes up on my history is so. It, we can cut this if you're not comfortable with me sharing it. But going into having his first Share kid, away. no one's listening. All right, cool. <laughs> going into having Nick's first kid, Nick has some fears about being a father. And at the exact same time this was happening, I was about to buy the first house, the still the only house my wife and I've lived in. And I had a lot of fear about going into that much debt and just in my head being like we're a hair away from just like blowing any kind of progress we made as a family to again, like it, it was all exaggeration, not emotional. I knew we'd be okay, but just stressing like how would I feel if I felt like I failed my family and what if 
we lose our house and just all this weight I was putting on my shoulders with it. And we both obviously went ahead with it. And it turned out that the day Nick's oldest son was born, which is June 30th, was the exact same day that we closed on our house. And to commemorate that, I sent Nick this Facebook video of Dallin, of uh, Alan and Denny talking where Denny had previously in the clip before it would always reminds me of uh, shared something about, you know, like being sick, maybe his mind getting away from him. And they just have this like moment of silence. And Alan turns and goes, you never answer my question. And Denny goes, what was that? And Alan says, are you scared? And then Denny, the elder statesman, goes, the only thing to be scared of is tomorrow. I don't live for tomorrow. Never saw the fun of it. And then Alan just raises his glass and says, here's to no tomorrows. And that, to me, honestly captured perfectly the exact moment that we were both in. Like, yeah, we can worry about tomorrow all day long, but we're here today. Let's just live today. So, anyway, I... I wanted to share that because that always means a lot to me every year when it comes up and it always makes me think of you, Nick. Aren't you, buddy? That's so awesome. I hurt you too. Okay. All right. You guys ready to move on to the next category? Yeah. James, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Anything. <clears throat> I'm a little surprised. you. Didn't... Like. <laughs> I'm a little surprised you didn't pick Romeo and Juliet for a duo. Uh well, here's the thing. They were kind of <laughs> stupid teenagers, right? They were way overdramatic. They had this idiot priest or a friend who, instead of just like, hey, you want to get married? Why don't you run away? He was like, I got an idea. Why don't you run away, but first fake your deaths with this, like, actually kind of untested fake poison? That'd be a good idea. Let Would the, that let be the, the record... Let the record state that James Prophet is against all forms of love. <laughs> Although, to quote Romeo and Juliet, let me say, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> it works. <laughs> As I can tell, all monsters and thee. <laughs> Would that be the, the idiot problem that you were referring to in a previous podcast? Yes, the, the, the idiot plot. Yeah, yes. Cisco oh, would have shit there. all over Romeo and Juliet. There, everybody. It's an awesome, super fun movie. It's just that those are they make dumb decisions in that movie. Shakespeare was a hack. That's what we're saying. Shakespeare was a hack. You take it back right now, right damn now. I never will. Ah, some bitch. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, that's a perfect My duo I forgot was Hobbs and Shaw, and I'm not joking. Anybody that knows me knows that I love Fast and the Furious, and... We all know you, and none of us knew that, so... Um, well, I wrote about it on... You're Zanga? Zanga? <laughs> yes, I'm glad that we both had the think, same I tag. I was thinking of the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Can, is I that was, still out there? I would have it been, is. You know what? A couple years ago, uh, we, we looked it up, and it was it was really, it was really good. And you know what? In, in a yes. strange way, like... It, that Zanga. F- for me, it was not quite embarrassing. It was kind of depressing. I'm like, this is what we used to do on social media before everyone was just pissed at each other on oh, Facebook. Yeah. 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 This was like social media for each other, not like every person we ever went to high school with. 
Right. It's, you... it's both glorious and just absolutely embarrassing at the God. same time. I wish I could find it because mine's going to be like tied up to my NKU password, and I don't have a yeah, freaking I'll clue. find it, dog. Oh, man. That's amazing. <laughs> Publish that shit. How many people's last Zanga post was something like, I am not giving up on Zanga? Here's the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Mine was this is my life. last Zanga hey. post. I'm leaving this. I want to find YOLO it. 69. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> if you type in my name, it says. Oh, Bill, you have the best username. <laughs> was it the Bantha? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was 69. <laughs> Does um, anybody remember what mine was? Because I can't find it. Yours was Little Kid Lover. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, James, you want to intro the next one or you want me to? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. So, yeah, Mount Rushmore of horror movies. I mean, there's not much to. We're doing movies, not characters, right? Just to be clear. Yeah, just movies. Yeah, just movies. Yeah. So, you know, my... a few, about a million horror movies to choose from. I thought, I was afraid <laughs> this might be too broad. My number four is a shout out to Bill's adorable little brother, Tommy. My Scream. sweet baby brother. Scream. There you go. He's probably listening right now. I'm oh, sure. Bubby. So my, my new it. hobby recently is talking shit about my little brother in front of my daughters. And, get, and they get so offended for him. And I was just like, you know, I don't know. If we're watching like a nature show and there's like a hippo wallowing in mud. I'm like, you know what that reminds me of? And they're like, what? I'm like, your fat Uncle Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's now doing marathons and shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're like, he's not fat. I'm like, no, but he is pretty bald and ugly. Like, this is cracks he's me, not, cra- he's cracks not me fat, up. He's my brother. So I'm gonna start things off with a motherfucking bang. <laughs> Get out. Oh, nice. I find that the African American experience for me has been, for the most part, very good. Although I find it difficult to go into detail as I haven't had much desire to leave the house in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We've become such homebodies. Yes, yes, yes. But even when you go into the city, I've just had no interest. The chores have become my sanctuary. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! Yeah. Yo! Chill, man. Get out! Chill! Get out! Chill! Chill, man! Get out! 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 Probably, if we were just doing favorites, probably my... Well, it is. No, no, probably. It's my favorite horror movie. I'm in love with that movie. I watched it like four or five times now. One of my favorite theater experiences. All right, we're just, just... listing them. You know, I would never entrap my brother like that. <laughs> I want you, you to finish that. That was good. No, go for it. So what was so great about that theater experience? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, it was... It was um, so if you're not familiar, the movie is very uh, heavily themed on race and racial tension in the the u.s specifically so oh we don't have that problem here (laughs) um just watching it with a full packed house like opening weekend and then like leaving and just 
well, first of all, like feeling all of the, the tense moments, you know, the towards the end with the um, thinking of like the antlers and things like that, like so many good moments where people were freaking out. I mean, there's to me, there's literally nothing better than seeing a horror movie in the theater. Um, the one bad thing about all these theaters possibly going under, because I say bring on the streaming, but but horror movies I, I really will miss from the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, just the awkward tension of running into the African-Americans on the way out, and, like, you could see them, like, looking at the white folks like, yeah, we know, we know, like, what yeah. you're... I- I sold 12 Years a Slave at the Esquire, and me and a friend of mine that I was with were just, like, straight up apologizing to everybody on the way out. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it's a great movie. I mean, it's not as heavy as as 12 Years a Slave, obviously. But so it was a more lighthearted tone, um, but still very kind of humorous. And ah, it was just great. Plus, holds up to rewatching so well. Soundtrack um, kicks fucking ass. Soundtrack kicks fucking ass. I'm looking at the Evil Dead 2 soundtrack right now. Sadly, I have <laughs> never seen that movie. Get Out? Yeah, I've never seen Get Out. No, Get Out! It's yeah, basically Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> nice. Alright, so I was, I was, like I said, I was thinking about this in terms of like which one I felt best represented like the subgenres of horror in... I don't know, because there's, like like James said, there was a lot that I was thinking about and everything. So I hesitated putting this one on here because it's, I felt like it was like, well, of course, that's going to be the the pick. But I'm like, no, I I would agree with this still, like, even though it's on the list of everything, because like where you're saying the theater experience of, of watching Get Out, like the experience of watching a movie when you watched it the first time is huge. And I know we're not talking about it yet, so I don't want Josh to yell at me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, but I, I went with the exorcist. I mean, that's, nice. you yeah. saw that in the theater when it came out. How old are you, Bill? No, oh, no, no, I'm saying like you said, because my, my first time watching it is one of those deals where I had rented it. Uh, it was like a big deal because, you know, you hear about like this movie scary and like, Watching no, it the was first it your time. Dad's I- was it your dad's idea to rent it? No, <laughs> given no. what we learned about other music episode. This was all me, and uh, man, it was. I, I just remember, I was like, I was in high school, I was watching it, it's like scared shitless watching it. And, and there's like that first scene that uh, Pazuzu's face flashes up on the screen when Ugh. Damien is having that dream of you know of his mother in the subway and i'm like whoa what was that and i like rewound it and i just remember instantly thinking like i wish i had not rewound it to see that face like that just pushed me over the edge it was so so flipping good well then just we we saw that when it was re-released me you and brian blair hi brian because i know you're listening uh, yeah. went and saw that in the theater when it was re- released with all the stuff added in. Yes. That, I would say that that was <laughs> they, one of the few times that I am totally fine. Remember they added in Hayden Christensen? It was really weird. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sports ghost. But like, and Nick, that, you just said Brian Blair. Yeah. I'd like to uh, let you know that the Iron Sheik has a few things he'd like to say to Brian Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Insert that clip right fuck? now. And I didn't like him. I didn't like his attitude. He was a punk. I can't break his fucking back. 
break his back, make him humble. All right, Nick, you're up next, man. Okay, so horror movies number four. Um, mine and like I said earlier, I didn't do this at, by like what got me into horror movies or any of this stuff. These are literally just like my top four favorite off the top of my head. So number four was Dawn of the Dead 2004. The, oh yeah, yeah. So hell yeah, yeah. By the way, that's the second week in a row that we've mentioned Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Yes. It's a good fucking movie. It's flipping good. Yes. Yeah. All right. My number four is Scream. Josh already talked about that. I have a specific experience of watching it with my sister and seeing it in the theater in high school. So, yeah. The part where they killed Drew Barrymore right out of the gate and she was the advertised lead star in it. Fantastic. Yeah. love for scream so my number three is the original night of the living dead nice uh, yeah classic hereditary <laughs> is my next one. Oh I'm, man i'm not doing numbers i've never seen that believe. oh my fucking god hereditary neither have i this is what i immediately thought of when uh bitter bill was joking in the text about how there's not a lot of good new ones and i'm sure i don't know for a fact but i'm sure bill actually likes this but so here's the crazy thing i haven't seen it what? And I want to, yeah, I know, because Midsummer freaking melted my face. Yeah, I could not I to see Hereditary. Oh my gosh. So I, I actually I'm had tonight. oscillated, if that's the right word, between Hereditary and Midsummer. I only picked Hereditary because I've seen it a few times. Yeah. Um, so I won't get too much into it, I guess. But yeah, it's it's it feels oh, like a movie that's been around forever in a good way. Like it just yeah. feels like it should have always been there. It's so good. I love it. All right, Bill, what do you got next? The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, you did. That's. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's because again, it's one of those that you know, growing up, it took on like at least within my friends, like this mythical status of like you know, renting it and watching it because you hear about it and everything. And the fact that that movie is as disturbing as it is, without showing hardly any blood at all, just it's I I, I don't know. This may sound crazy, but you know, I stand by it. That's that's what made Psycho so great so in my mind it's just the upped version of psycho for its era because the whole scene when he tosses her up on that meat hook you never I was see just it. about to say the meat hook you, you you never see that meat hook touch her you never see any blood but just mm-hmm. the way it's cut 
and the soundtrack of it just being this scraping drilling sound that drives you nuts uh it's it's great yeah to this it. day if i see that clip that makes me clench my shoulder blades yeah and franklin's yeah, amazing says... i love franklin <laughs> franklin <laughs> That is the scariest movie I've ever seen, and I saw it with Bill, my horror movie expert friend, so that was the right company to watch it with. Yeah. All right, Nick, what do you got next? All right, so my number three for horror movies is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, man. That was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, that was an alternate. I was going to have a last-minute decision for me. I, I love callbacks and homages and this is exactly what this movie was it was a love letter to all the classic horror movies without being too over the top like it it wasn't like one of those um like the scary movie spoofs it wasn't like that it wasn't like hey let's make fun of this and like everything's really tongue-in-cheek and funny it was legit scary, too. There were times where I jumped out of my seat watching that movie, even though I knew, oh, hey, this is a reference to Hellraiser or something like that. It's just, it's a good, good scare, well-written, well-acted. It's, I mean, it's everything you want in a good horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cabin in the Woods is the most clever horror movie, at least in my opinion, I think that I've ever seen. Um, Really witty script, a lot of fun. And I'm just going to list two in a row here because Cabin in the Woods is on my list and Night of the Living Dead, which Josh mentioned, is on my list. Nice. Yeah, so I'm with you guys. James, what's your favorite line in Night of the Living Dead? Oh, Bill, you already know what my favorite line is. (laughs) Bill and I... We'll just kind of hit each other with a, they're coming to get you, Barbara, every once in a while. <laughs> you're being yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you're acting like a child. So good. <laughs> and, of course, that was referenced in Shaun of the Dead. Yes. And, Bill, again, that Facebook, uh, I love seeing that picture of you with her every year, too. I oh, my gosh. Was she too. was yeah. the nicest person ever. Amazing. All right, Josh, you're number three. Um, my number two is Alien, the original Ridley Scott. I almost picked that one. Yeah. So close to picking that one. Yeah. I love that movie, and um, I just kind of think of it as like the one that started any sort of sci-fi horror. I know it's not obviously yeah. very original, but mainstream and stuff I, it did. So I love it. Still, still great to watch this day, so... That's my number two. So the, okay, so Joe. Mine is Blair Witch. Uh, well, I should clarify the Blair Love Witch it. Project. Hands down, my favorite theater experience of all time. Kind of goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Like when it came out, I was at the perfect age to kind of buy the hype, but mm-hmm. also be like, no, nah, there's no way. Um, so it was like the really just so much enjoyment out of that whole like so much nostalgia just thinking about. I remember seeing Heather Donahue on 
Jay Leno, <laughs> and she was being real tongue in cheek about whether or not it was real. Like it was just so much stuff leading up to it, and then the the theater. I know there's haters out there like that. It's not really that scary, but what they do with so little is cannot be topped in my opinion. And I freaking love it. And then I remember showing it to people like we, Josh and I stupidly showed it to dad and he's like, this is dumb. Like he just didn't get it. Um, but yeah, that, that movie has a special place in my heart. And, yeah. And, and they could never, I'm oh, sorry, James. Too. I'm sorry. I was going to say it was insanely influential too. Like your paranormal event. That was the same concept that Blair was first brought to the big time. Yeah, it was the godfather of found footage horror. Yeah, and they, they I mean, something like that could never happen again. I mean, I remember right. getting in, I remember getting in an argument with my little brother because he's like, this is real. This actually happened. And I was like, Tommy, there's no way <laughs> that if this actually happened. But I, but I say that, but the summer it came out, I went on a camping trip with some friends and we were like canoeing and camping through Chillicothe, Ohio, like out in the middle of nowhere. And, and we, you know, and we're all, we hadn't even seen the movie yet. And we're all sitting in the tent. Like, what was that? Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Shut up, man. Don't talk about it. You know, like, you know, it, yeah, great, 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 great. All right. So my, uh, so yeah, so I almost put alien on there because, one of the subgenres that I love in horror is uh, the space horror. Like Alien, of course, kicked it off. Um, Event Horizon is one of my favorite horror movies that doesn't get enough love at all, um, just because it's so screwed up and it's so good. But and then I was thinking, like another genre of horror is body horror, where it's just you know you're watching oh, a movie yeah. while terrible things are happening to this person's body, and I thought. Uh, the remake of The Fly with uh, Jeff Goldblum is one of my favorite movies ever. But that kind of fits into what's called like the holy trinity of remakes. So it's like the remake of The Blob, the remake of uh, The Fly. And then the one I settled on was the remake of The Thing by John Carpenter. And I freaking love that movie so much. I love that it came out shortly after E.T., which made theater like the people at the time kind of hate it because everyone was on this high of like aliens bring love and peace. And then <laughs> like, here comes the thing. And I know Nick, you have strong feelings about this, but I have a lot of respect for movies that don't nobody and nothing is safe. So the scene when the, the sled dog is just like splitting in half and there's like tentacles coming out of it. And, and the, the line is like, what is it? It's like, well, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's weird and pissed off. And then they torch it. <laughs> oh, it's so freaking so good. good. Like the, the, and, and the practical effects of it are just through the roof. Like the, the head splitting off the body and turning into a spider and crawling away. And then Kurt Douglas is just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And it's like torches it. Like, ah, love that movie so much. And right there you have the reason I've never seen it. Oh man, it's so, it's so good. What I what I love about the thing, and it, I love movies that are so one of a kind. Like the thing has such a unique, for lack of a better word, like production value. I mean, like yeah, yeah, you can you can picture like the orange hiking or like Alaska type jacket and the 
the beards and the like it's such an iconic look that I'm I'm kind of glad that it doesn't get ripped off because it's just so one of a kind. Yeah. Um God, it's good. And, and and it's so far removed from the original. And I think that's what makes like the like I said, the trinity of the remakes is that they're so far beyond what the original was. I mean, because the original thing, if you look at what it was, is this a giant bald dude with, like, clawed hands and, like, spikes coming out. It was like, and, and that was it. So, like, to, to make the jump from that to the cellular creature that mimics you, and then if it gets caught, it starts screaming and then splits its head off the body and tries to scurry away. Ah, it's so good. And then at the end of it, you don't know if either one of the survivors are human or the thing, which is great. And, and that's, I mean, honestly, I've obviously never seen either movie, but a really good remake, like th- this is a testament to a really good remake. If you go to any just normal person and mention the thing, they're going to think of John Carpenter's The Thing. Right. The the original, like, I can't even picture, like, a screenshot from that. I have no no frame of reference for that movie. Anytime the thing is mentioned, I think of John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, and, and the original is good in its own right, you know, but it just falls into that 50s era, the monster is just, you know, representing communism because you don't know who the thing is, you know. You don't know who the Kami is, you know, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's so good. But man, it just, it, it goes from like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like the jump between like Barney into like Inglorious Bastards. Like that's, that's the jump between these movies. <sighs> and Bill, you said you don't know who the Kami is. Let me tell you, the Kami is the guy that's about to get a little ring-a-ding-ding right outside the skull. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> That pinko is going to be red when I'm done with him. <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. So anyway, uh, Nick, <laughs> you are next. You're number two. Yes. So my number two, and this I'm actually just kind of realizing is a common theme for my uh, numbers three, two, and one, um, is that I anyway. I really like when two different like even completely different genres of movies are put together and it works so cabin in the woods was both terrifying and hilarious which leads into my number two which is evil dead 2 um yes it's evil dead 2 and thank you bill for introducing me to evil dead and army of darkness and evil dead 2 evil dead 2 is my favorite of that trilogy hands down um, the argument it. could ha <laughs> ha. It's I know that it it can be argued that it's a remake of the first Evil Dead, but it's just so different. You know, it's it's like it it just said, okay, you know what? This is what we are. We're a crappy B horror movie, and we're just gonna revel in it and up the ante and make it even more just ridiculous. Sucker. 
See if we don't. Ah, my gosh. It's, I love it. I love it so much. I would say I hate it when people use the fact that it is kind of a remake of Evil Dead 1 as a criticism of it. It's insanely impressive that it essentially remade the first movie, but did so in such a good way that it became a massive hit, like at least a massive cult hit too. Absolutely, it's the right. movie that Jack Black is talking about when he says the soundtrack kicks fucking ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what would you think if I said I had never seen Evil Dead Two or never seen Evil Dead yeah. Two? I can't talk. Yeah, I can't. Um, it's like Evil Two Dead Two yet. Yeah, I, I've never seen Evil Dead 2 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. I've got Scream, Cameron of the Woods, and Night of the Living Dead so far. There is another one that I'm not going to talk about that I really love because it's going to appear on our next list. So my fourth one for this list, uh, maybe my favorite horror movie. It's something that my wife and I, before we had kids, we'd watch this every Halloween along with one or two other things. Uh, but this was our favorite horror movie, and I think it's super fun. I think it's a blast. It's not so much, I guess it's a horror movie. Technically, it strikes me more as a thriller and that it just makes you jump at different points. But I love Final Destination 1. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, I think that counts as horror. It's good. Yeah. I love the, uh, there's a cool story behind the ending. The original, if anybody has seen the movie, they kind of end the movie on a thrill. Originally, that wasn't the end. And if you've seen the movie, everybody's got a different haircut, looks different. That's because they had wrapped filming and it had a completely different ending where this guy died. But then this girl that he was dating ended up being pregnant and they were going through this whole poignant like, oh, you know, like life ends, but then life continues type moment. And they did a test audience thing with it. And essentially everybody was kind of tuned in and enjoying it on the test audience. But then when the ending come, everybody turned down their dial. Like, okay, I'm not with this right now. I'm not enjoying it. So they called back the cast. They had to spend, I forget how much money it was, but I think it was into the millions just to reshoot this like 90 second scene where they're all in Paris. And then it shows them essentially all get killed in one shot. (laughs) Yes. It's great. And again, like that's the end of the movie. Like right for impact, you see like this bus just heading straight towards them or this sign about to crash down on them or something. But it was a great like <gasps> type of ending and I I love it. I think it's fun and to me, when I watch a horror movie, I'm looking more to have fun than anything else. Mm-hmm. All right. So Josh, what is your number one? So my number one's Halloween. It's always been my favorite since I was a kid. Classic. I just love all things Michael Myers. Yeah, I 
I don't have a ton to say about it just because it's just a classic like indie movie. Like they made it for three hundred thousand dollars, I think, something like that. And um, I forget how long it took, but it was like not a long time to shoot. It was weeks, you know. Everything about it was just like budget, the William Shatner mask that they turned yeah. back on. I don't know. It's hard for me to. It's one of those like I think we talked about this with songs where it's hard for me to look at it subjectively just because it means so much to me. And uh, I love all the sequels, no matter how bad they are, except for eight. Um, <laughs> four was my favorite growing up, just because I, I don't know. Oh, dude, that's my favorite, too. Four. Yeah. I love Donald Pleasance. I always wanted to go as Dr. Loomis for Halloween when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, that's yeah. amazing. I love H2O. H2O <clears throat> Super fun. And yeah. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. So yeah, just love Halloween. What did you think of the Rob Zombie remake? Uh, it was hard for me because I, no offense, Bill, but I was not a huge Rob Zombie fan as far as the dire- director goes, and I was nervous, and I was kind of like. Even though they made six sequels or whatever before that, I was like, don't mess with the original. But I kind of loved it. Um, I, I haven't seen it since then, just because I, I don't know. I, I weirdly just want what's in my head to be from the first, like, seven. But I, I liked it when it came out. I saw it in the theaters, I think, actually, with Ami, probably. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I keep hearing that the the most recent relaunch of that was absolutely amazing. What has anybody seen that? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I liked it. I you know, I Tommy kind of gives me Tommy gives me crap because I haven't watched. You know, I watched all the movies, but it was years ago. You know, so I'm, I don't. When you said that you hated eight, I'm I'm struggling right now to remember what oh, that's, happened that's, in in eight. Yeah, um, you know, but entire banks. Yeah. Busta Rhymes. <clears throat> yeah, got it, got it. You know, but yeah, I liked the newer one. I thought it was cool. I, I think it's interesting the Halloween multiverse of which which storyline do you uh, like best and you can follow that one. Yeah. You know. I got um, to say, I, re- I remember years and years ago when they first talking about started talking about Freddy versus Jason going to the library because we didn't have the internet yet after school and reading all the rumors and i remember for like three months there was a rumor that michael myers was going to play the referee <laughs> and i was yep. in heaven i was like hell yes and then it was so fun that didn't yeah. happen anyway so that's my number one john carpenter so for- would you would you be interested in seeing a halloween remake if it was um directed by Wes Anderson, because he's got a couple of horror movies he's done. He did The Haunting and Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> only, if, 
Only if Owen Wilson plays Laurie Strode. Wow. <laughs> wow. I know, Josh. Is that really the best thing you can do with that? All of the, the chase scenes are going to be in slow motion. <laughs> and there's going to be set to David Bowie covers. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, oh, I'm waiting to the last second here, but I'm going to I'm gonna throw a loop and say Ready or Not, uh, which is the most recent by far on my list. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. I'll give you a 10-second head start. Daniel. One thousand. Two one thousand. Two and a half. One thousand. She's in the study. It kind of gives. I, I like it because it kind of gives me hope for the newer generation of horror movies. Um, it's really, I, I, w- I don't know that it's like insanely, well, it is kind of unique. I mean, it's like a really weird idea and similar to what Nick was saying about Evil Dead too. Like they knew what they were and they just ran with it. This movie, you, you get like this really mm-hmm. weird setup in the beginning and you're like, okay, if we, if we pick this apart at all, it's about the dumbest fucking thing you've ever heard, but you go with it. And it's just a blast. It's an absolute blast of a movie. And I love it all the way until the very end. James, I randomly think that you would like that movie a lot. Um, it has a throwback to, to some 80s movies. Yeah. I always appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna play my old man card and say I've never even heard of this. That's kind of why it's I a song it. from I the Fugees. Oh, yeah. The Fugees <laughs> song. Though I was legit about to make the joke that I love the line of the movie. I play my enemies like a game of chess where I rest no stress. If you don't smoke less, oh, yes, I must confess my <laughs> destiny's manifest. You yeah. can tell who are um, the three old guys in this podcast. <laughs> Joe, I had already started looking up this movie when you listed it as number one because I'm not familiar with it. And yeah, looks pretty cool. It's just, it's just a fun... I, I love... I like what James said. I like horror movies that are fun. I mean, trust me, I like every horror movie, and I was trying to fit this quote in. This is actually perfect. Stephen King, I was listening to this interview with him, with uh, Eli Roth was interviewing him, and he said the worst horror movie he's ever seen was fucking great. And that, to me, like epitomizes horror, because I'll sit down and watch anything. I don't care. And ready or not, like... It's not the best horror movie. I mean, if I was picking the four best horror movies, I would have put probably Midsummer on there or Cabin in the Woods or even the first Halloween. But I was like, you know what? Ready or Not is kind of, to me, like what horror should be. It's just sit back, relax, have a lot of fun. It, it could be a little scarier. You know, I like a little more scares, but uh, it's just a it's just a fun, fun flick. Yeah, and I, you know, and I would go with that, like, you know, there. You know, Midsummer was a great horror movie. I am not going to watch that movie again, no. ever. 
And I'm kind of hesitant to even watch Hereditary because uh, knowing that it's from the same person, I'm like, I, 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 I don't know if I'm ready for that again. Yeah. You know, so there's like, <clears throat> for me, you know, the appeal of horror is that it's it's going to a fun haunted house. Like it's just supposed to be like just this goof, and it can be serious, but it, at the end of it, it's supposed to be fun. Like I don't want to feel gross after watching it. You know. And you mentioned like Rob Zombie as a director, and and it's funny because right now I have House of a Thousand Corpses on, but you know on mute. And uh, as you do, it's, yeah, as you do. But and, and I feel bummed about it because I really like that movie because it's a perfect mix of just like the over the top Rob Zombie spook show international stuff. But it had like the gore in it where they're you know skinning the old man's face and like wearing it as a mask. But that's not the whole freaking movie. And then, unfortunately, like Devil's Rejects and then uh, Three from Hell, I didn't get into those at all. I'm just like, this is just freaking torture porn, and that's not that's not the fun of it. Like, There's and no I, psychological edge to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, and I didn't even bother watching any of his other ones, like Lords of Salem or Thirty One, and you know, and it's just like, no, this is not. You you can. I guess that's the appeal of tech, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I feel like you have to work harder to get the scare without showing all the gore. Now the gore is fun. I love it. Like I freaking love it. You know, and like I said, when the husky is splitting in half and tentacles are spewing out everywhere, and you know that's great. Why do you I, hate dogs? I, I love it. I love it when dogs die every time. Uh, uh, <laughs> my only so, regret is that there aren't more dogs dying. Oh Michael my Myers gosh! Killed a dog. Huh? He kills, I said Michael Myers killed a dog. I think he might have more than one. It's yeah, awesome. no, I like it. Wes, uh, let me ask, least favorite parts of those movies. Wes Anderson is notorious for killing dogs in those movies. Uh, Ooh, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Especially kicking right. them in the ribs. Wait, I've well, got for... anything going on after the podcast. I mean, there's a lot of dogs in the neighborhood, so I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever curb stopped a dog? Oh my gosh. <laughs> God, the sound. Just that was kids. Uh, <laughs> 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 See you later. <laughs> Bill, what do you think of Hostel? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, so so here's 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 my line on it right so my thing is like just personally is i i have a hard time deriving inter- any entertainment from something that is actually happening to people in real life so like for example in, in hostel you know like like there are people who actually have to worry about that type of thing happening so i can't like enjoy that like no one has lost a family member to the thing splitting them in half that you know what know i mean of. so that's yeah that i know of. <laughs> yeah you know so that's that's kind of where i draw the line for myself like uh you know when it comes to that but well all right but couldn't you well never mind we need to just have a horror no 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 go for it what what but couldn't you say that about like michael myers i mean essentially he's nothing but a serial killer and that's happened to people yeah but i think it's done i don't know i i mean that's a good point and, and there is definitely like, you know, I mean, Psycho, for example, and even like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, those are based off and even Silence of the Lambs. All three of those are based off of one person. Right. And, you know, and what and what happened. 
But I think it's done. It's a fantastical version. Yeah, I, I think that's Michael what Michael Myers for, like... seems to be unkillable. That's not well, real life. Okay, so here's 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 I think where I'm going for like it's done in Keith a way Richard's of Smith. it's not trying to show like oh look how cool Michael Myers is. Like to me Michael Myers mm-hmm. is well yeah, he comes off that way, but like to me Halloween is a modern day ghost story that you know instead He's the of the boogeyman like, that's it. He's the hundred percent. Yeah, it's not you know glorifying it the way that the hostile movies do, or you know even the Saw movies do in a way. And no, James, know. not Boogeyman the Wrestler. I just, <laughs> and that's fine. I'm not, I don't, I'm not arguing or debating. I, I'm a fan of Hostel because I feel like, it, and trust me, there are a million movies that do what what you're saying. I feel like Hostel is a little different because. They, they're kind of assholes, right? So some horror movies use that as a, a way to get you in. You want the bad things that happen to the main characters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I was just curious what your thoughts were on Hostile versus some of the other stuff you were talking about. But yeah, we can move on. Yeah, it's no, good. Well, before we do, was Ready or Not a foreign flick? No. Well, because I saw online that it said it was released in 2019 in Brazil. I mean, maybe that's where it was like premiered or something. Yeah. yeah. But no, okay. Because no. that that if it was that kind of was going to tie me into like one of my honorable mentions, which is wreck. But I'll get into that later. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. And all right. To I just want to say one last thing. Oh, sorry. One last thing, just to defend Mike Myers, since um, you brought up the criticism that he's unkillable. I actually did some research on some of the bands we mentioned, and uh, that Kevin Romero guy from the Rylene Tones that we talked about, he <laughs> has apparently almost died several times. And I think if they were a more popular band, more people would be aware of that. But a lot of people think that uh, Kevin can't be killed and that he'll live forever. I mean, and again, it's one of these things where I think like it'd be nice if they had more success, but then they got their one of their songs in front of Vanessa Carlton's people, so I guess they had some degree of success. But what, anyway, what was the name of that band again, James? It was uh, the Ryling Tones. Tones with uh, Kevin Romero <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mike Jaker, their singer. Yeah. That's it, yeah. It, yeah, totally yeah, get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They could hit a big one oh, day. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> so, dear oh, listeners, man. this is what's known as a James Prophet joke. If you didn't get the point of the joke... We're then... not going to explain it. No, <laughs> it's, it's a James Prophet joke. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, so, Nick, you're number one-ish. I, I haven't gone yet. Sorry, Bill. Oh. All right. So my my number Nick, one. Why don't you go ahead right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will. So I'm a so I'm a huge sucker for horror anthologies. Um, and it was really hard for me to to pick. I mean, not necessarily, but like Trick or Treat is one of the best horror movies ever uh, as an oh anthology. My gosh. Uh, and you know, Tales from Halloween, which. You know, I, I was expecting just to be a ripoff of Trick or Treat. Also turned out to be a great Tales from the Dark Side, blah, blah, blah. All good stuff. But my favorite horror movie of all time is Creepshow. Um, nice. I will never stop loving that movie with all of my heart just because of everything about it. And, you know, the callback to the EC comics, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, um, and just the, yeah, it's, I love it so much. So, yeah, that's my number one. 
Richard, I'm scared, and it's dark out there. Look, I just want to get another bottle of wine, okay? Please, Richard. All right. Come on. Come on. Are we conserving energy? I knew that was going to be your number one. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Frickin' yeah. Stephen King, his Jordy Verrill. Just <laughs> freaking love it. I, I use that as my example of actors doing a good job acting because really they're not acting. Like, you know, when they said, like, Stephen King, we need you to play some backwater main bumpkin. He's like, <laughs> got it. Like, <laughs> you just tell me where to show up. <laughs> Yeah. Who was it that dressed up as Jordy Verrill for one of your Halloween parties one year later? Yeah. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Amazing. Amazing. I, w- yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all in the filming of that. They just gave him, they just kept supplying Stephen King of bottles of vodka and just glued <laughs> plants to him <laughs> as he just acted himself. <laughs> oh, man. It's great. Freaking love that movie so much. And, and that's, and that's for me, that embodies what I love and I would want more of horror to be is that it's just freaking off the wall and it's fun. Like that's all it is. Like here's an old bastard who everybody hates. Let's watch some cockroaches pour out of his mouth. Like excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's been so long since I've seen that. Is that the one with Leslie Nielsen in the beach? Yeah. 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 Ah, the beach. Yeah. It's used uh, to love the beach. Well, actually, that line, not to be like Dwight Schrute here, that comes from Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That nice. comes from that part where they do the remake of the kid who has the power to shoot people off into the cornfield. And he, like, kidnaps people into his house and they can't leave. So he pulls... Um, he pulls a lady in to be, you know, his new friend and they're all rooting through the person. The guy he like kidnapped to be his uncle finds a picture of the beach in the, in her purse. And he's like, Oh, I love it. Cause they use that in the Calabretto song. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. 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 Yeah. So good. Sorry. So I guess I'm next then. Um, this is probably obvious, but my number one is Shaun of the dead. Feel free to step in any time. You do alright? I didn't want to corrupt your style. Why? I'm so sorry about that. Right. 
Okay, everyone just stay where they are. I'm going to check if the coast is clear. Is it clear? No. How many? Lots. It's, I mean, in the same theme of like a, a perfect mix of comedy with horror. It's it's not a straightforward comedy movie because there's actual parts in it where you jump and it's it's kind of like it's got the jump scares in it. But it's I I won't get too far into this, but I have my my rules of like what is a perfect movie, and this movie checks all the boxes. How many boxes are there? Uh, there would be. Well, okay, so what are they then? Okay, so it's real quick. It's I mean, it's got the perfect mix of comedy, the perfect mix of horror, the perfect like just enough love story to make you invested in the two characters, and the the perfect mix of action. Nice. And if you and want to throw point. in a fifth, it's it's just a good buddy flick too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And it has the great soundtrack. Oh hell yes, excellent soundtrack. Edgar Wright is, I mean, so this is tangential, but Edgar Wright is a genius when it comes to soundtracks. If you have not seen Baby Driver, do yourself a favor and go see that. Yeah, good stuff. So I just noticed that I forgot this movie. I don't know if everybody else did too or just didn't include it. None of us had American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So it was kind of like beloved amongst all of us. Yeah. I love it. I, it didn't come off for the reason I was thinking. The other one I almost I mean, I should have done. Beetlejuice is one of my top, like, five movies of all time. Oh, gosh, yeah. I didn't feel like yeah. getting into the whole debate of, like, is it comedy, is it horror? I mean, yeah. you could definitely say it's horror, but um, that movie is, like, my spirit animal. I yeah. love it so much. Love it. <laughs> Very cool. So what did you go with, James? Did you go with American Psycho? Um, I I went with Final Destination as my fourth one. Oh, okay. We talked about that for a minute. Yeah. All right. So that's it for horror movies. Unless anybody else wants to chime oh, in on anything. Honorable mentions. Um, yeah. So I had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because I yeah. love Freddy. Um, I had House of the Devil. It's like my favorite. Like. Oh man, that's so good. One. Um, and then my favorite horror comedy. I do love Shaun of the Dead. You can't go wrong. But I really love Zombieland. Oh my gosh, that's a good oh, that's so yeah. good. And I've still not is, seen the sequel to that yet. And then this is not a horror movie, but for me, this is the never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's all about the yeah. little rat monster, right? <laughs> yeah, mine were um, the Fly of Jeff Goldblum that remake. That was that was tough. In the Mouth of Madness, another John Carpenter movie. Oh. Um, it's so terrifying. terrifying. What's that? It's terrifying. Oh my gosh, I love that movie so much. I, have these, hurt. I was just saying, I have these long drives from Michigan a lot. We go up to see Ashley's best friend up there. Yeah. And whenever it's dark out, I just yeah, it's like a two lane road for half the trip, and I'm like the kid, the kid on the bike, some, yeah, some fucker on a bike, and I'm gonna. He won't let me out. He won't let me out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so in the mouth of madness, and it's kind of funny because it's like. I've got something for John Carpenter, of course, because he's perfect. But then, like, Sam Neill as well, because he's in that. And he's in Event Horizon, uh, which is also amazing. 
you know, Dawn of the Dead, the original, Dawn of the Dead, the remake was great. Um, but then the one I really love, and it's kind of funny to hear George Romero talk about, but Day of the Dead is probably, if I had to really sit down and pick my favorite of his main three, that one's probably my favorite. And he he kind of talks shit about it. He would be like, I've noticed that only the real trolls like this movie. Oh, I <laughs> love Day of the Dead. Oh my gosh, it's so flipping good. Yeah. Has some of the best zombie kills, I think, in any movie or or show. Yeah. Some of mine, I had um, Psycho. Similar to Beetlejuice, I had Silence of the Lambs, but I was like, I don't feel like getting into whether or not that's horror or thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of the ones I should have put probably was, especially for... for I feel like it's a very Joe movie. <laughs> it is Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. To me, that's like Midsummer owes everything to Rosemary's Baby, like the slow burn and the like gaslighting psychological. I just, I freaking love Rosemary's Baby. I also love Us. Yes. Jordan Peele as well. I love, I love the new It a lot. Yeah. And I thought you'd put your next on there. Yeah, I I should have put your next instead of instead of ready or not. I just cult of the new kind of thing. I just saw ready or not. So yeah, there you go. So my honorable mentions. I've already mentioned wreck, which is just a phenomenal phenomenal movie. Um, the remake of it was as enjoyable, but I mean, is the the Spanish version is far better. Um, I, I would also go in with uh, The Shining. I mean, it's not really terrifying, but it's just a good uh, fucking movie. I think it's terrifying. Oh, you would, I was about to say, you're, about you're going to beg to differ that it's not a good movie? I, no. I will. I will. I, I had that as one of my Stephen King was. Of all time. <laughs> and we watched it recently. And I've seen it five million times. So it's really weird to see something. Five million, wow. <laughs> I've seen it quite a lot. And I've never had this far of like a jump, either backwards or forwards on a rewatch. But we watched it in the same day as Dr. Sleep to watch him in the same, you know, whatever. Oh, man. And I, I freaking hated it. I was like, what is happening? Like, it was really weird. I don't know if I was just in a bad mood or what, but I was like, oh, and this definitely has a huge part. I finally read the book. Um, yeah. And so, like, God, I mean, it's just, like, so obvious when you read the book and then you watch it, at least in my um, experience, that, like, Stephen King was right. He called it, like, a – oh, Bill, you're going to know. He he called it, like, a cat, like a Cadillac with no engine. Like – yeah, he a, a, a hated that movie. car with no engine. Like, it has no yeah. soul whatsoever. And it, it's just, his other big problem with it is very true. Is like, Jack Nicholson, you see him in anything, even way back then. You're like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. And The Shining is supposed to be all about a guy's, like, slow descent. Kind of like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And you're right out the gate, you're like, oh, this guy's going to kill everybody. Like, it's just, right. it doesn't. In my opinion, it doesn't hold. And I'm not trying to shit on your pick, Nick. I just because <laughs> I, I did love it for the longest time, and it was really weird. We watched it like a couple months ago, and I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> like, did Did you like Doctor Sleep? I did. I, I I wouldn't say like I fell in love with it, but I liked it. Yeah, man, I loved that movie so much. Because I, I 
because I going into it, I'm like, this movie has an impossible task because it has to be somewhat true to the source material. And yet that source material is not connected at all to the movie that everybody identifies with when they know the shining. So how in the heck is this thing going to bridge both worlds? And I, I felt like it did perfectly. Yeah. I think they did that very well. I was worried about that too. Like, but, and Ewan McGregor, I mean, we all love him. Yeah. Of course. But, that that whole discussion there, it's like I was trying not to laugh that whole time because one of Aaron's biggest pet peeves is comparing movies to books. Like as soon as somebody says, "Well, it wasn't as good as the book," she's like mentally flipping you off. So oh, good it's, to know. Yeah, You're mentally absolutely. flipping her off back. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> no, I get that, but yeah. I think it was just kind of an explanation of why I started hating it because I sure. just read it and I was like, "You have." The Mona Lisa on one side, and you have like some art school fucking reject. Like, there's just two two vastly different. Bob Ross. I don't know. Yeah. No. Thomas Kincaid. Totally. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Freaking Thomas Kincaid. Wow. And Josh knows better than anybody. I used to love Co- like Stanley Thomas Kubrick. I, I was like worshiping Stanley Kubrick when I first started getting into quote films. And just the more I watch him, I'm like, God, he has no, I, I well, whatever, I'll shut up because I want to talk about eyes wide shut, but we can move on. <laughs> well, so, so just to finish up my list, because I mean, I, I'll be honest here with combination of, of beverages and tiredness, I have <laughs> forgotten most of my honorable mentions. But and because of Joe rambling on and on and <laughs> on. And, anyway, um, what lies beneath was an honorable mention to me because Ooh, good I, one. I've, I've mentioned before. If if you've got a good ghost or demon story, it's it's gonna freak the shit out of me. And like jump scares mixed with ghosts, it's I'm 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 in. Game I'm over. In. Um. And then beyond that, oh my gosh! Like I like I said, I, I've forgotten most of them. Um, well, instead of trying to remember, I'll just leave it at that. Those are those are my remembered honorable mentions. Oh, James, did you have any more? Um, American Psycho, which I just thought of right now. I guess that's my honorable mention. But I'll I'll go ahead and mention the other one. This will be in my action sequences, but they live. With Robbie yes, Ryan yes, Piper. Yes, yes, such yeah. a good movie. Yes. I'm not and daddy's this... boy anymore. <laughs> one, one I do want to throw in real quick that I just remembered, and this was the first horror flick I ever saw because of this kid, Johnny Thompson, that lived down the street from me. His family had HBO, and so going into kindergarten, I saw more like terrible, horrible things that little kids should not see just Ooh. because he had cable. Um, the Hills Have Eyes, the original version. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. scary one. Not I could do a whole. Go ahead, go ahead. Not a great movie, but oh my gosh, it just freaked the shit out of me because I have never seen anything like that before in my life. So this is Josh. I have two more honorable mentions. Sorry. Um, one is The Sixth Sense, which yeah. I hesitate uh-huh. to talk about this late at night because. 
I, I mean, let me just gonna freak your shit out. Yeah, I've never Joseph. seen it. Don't tell me how it ends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with living with Joseph my whole life, I've, I've probably seen whatever, like three hundred horror movies or whatever. I've seen over two hundred films. Hello. I don't believe we've been introduced. Dwight Trout, assistant regional manager. Andy Bernard, regional director in charge of sales. So you'll be reporting to me then? Mm, on the contrary. My title has manager in it. And I'm a director. Which on a film set is the highest title there is. Do you know anything about film? I know everything about film. I've seen over 240 of them. Congratulations. But that's the one that stays with me more than anything else still to this day. And that was like, yep. what, 1999 or something like that? Yeah. I can't even think about it. But, um, and the what, other what, what What's something you can't think about? Which like part walking can't into you? your kitchen with <laughs> the, the cabinets opened up? Cabinet doors open. Look what, what you, you made me do. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you realize the next time I'm over at your house, I'm going to have to open all the cabinet doors when you're out Tommy, of the room. Tommy used to always do that shit and quote, uh, Look what you came to do. <laughs> did, did you? Uh, did he ever tell you that when we did that to our dad and how pissed he was at us? <laughs> Where you slit your slit your arms and <laughs> ran at him? Oh my gosh! Like so, it was, it was uh, when it was just me, Dad, and Tommy, and Dad was at work, and Tommy and I were going out, and we just had. And we, we were going to be gone by the time Dad got home, so we went through and opened all the cabinets in the kitchen. Oh my God. It was he called up. He was so pissed. He just like cussed me out and hung up the phone. It was freaking hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> Had he seen the movie, Bill? <laughs> no. So, so, so yeah, no idea. So what pointless. Oh my gosh. He's like, you kids can't clean up after yourselves. Um, the other one which I feel like is a uh, precursor to Cabin in the Woods is uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare I love this movie so much it's a a really like meta horror movie that is so much fun so yeah that's all I got sorry I've always wanted to see that one from what I've read about it I think I'd really like it you would you would Uh, I'm I am a jerk. Josh, just want to check on real quick. We can I'm, record anything like next week. That's cool. Um, love you, oh, Josh. Hey, Josh, that's before nice. you go, yeah, yeah. Before you go, this, I I just thought of this that um you had mentioned and this is about the 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 music podcast, but with Dawes that you all had seen them <laughs> before a Bright Eyes concert. Mm-hmm. Aaron and I just realized earlier today. That we had seen Connor Oberst in concert here in Lexington, and Dawes opened for them then. So right. I have actually I, heard Dawes before. I kind of remember that you all seen it around the same time because I thought about going down and seeing that show also. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, like it just cool. completely slipped my mind that that was the opener, and as soon as she pointed that out, I was like, "Holy crap! I've heard them before." Right on. So Dude. anyway. On YouTube this week, I found a version of Dawes and Mumford doing When My Time Comes Together. That was pretty fun. Oh, I'll have to find that. All right, Josh. Joe, you're all in on that, right? (laughs) 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 I think Joe just disemboweled himself. Yeah, you can count on Joe hating Dawes, but you can also count on death taxes and bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) And Randy's (laughs) Savage.